Chris Wormley, six-year veteran, which I found a little bit surprising, quite frankly, Chris. Uh, like, like we were just talking about, it's, it's like dog years, right? So yeah. six, six times seven, 42, 42 years in the league. <laughs> years. That's how I feel. Does it sometimes feel that way in the locker room, quite frankly? Well, yeah, I, I was getting interviewed today with the media, and they were like, yeah, now that you're kind of like a, a, an older vet, I'm like, <laughs> I guess I am. Like, You know, it's really funny. In Cleveland, Jacoby Brissett isn't even 30 years old, and he's the old man. And yeah. Joe Flacco who actually is 37, but like 37 in the real world is not that old. They call him grandpa. Well, that's how it was when I was at Michigan. My fifth year, a lot of the freshmen were calling me grandpa and papa and old man. I'm like, I'm only 23. Okay, so that's a perfect segue to my first question. You grew up in Ohio. Yep. Toledo, Ohio. Mm -hmm. So what do you think was harder for the people that you grew up with? That you went to Michigan or that you've played for the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers? It's weird because Toledo's kind of half and half Ohio State, Michigan. Oh. And then there's a lot of Steelers fans, too. Like, I grew up a Steelers fan in Ohio, in Toledo, Ohio. Really? But there, there, I did get a lot of crap, especially Browns fans with the Ravens and Pittsburgh. So, yeah, more, I think more so the professional teams that I played for, I get more, more you know, kickback or whatever you want to call it than this, the Michigan-Ohio State thing. You know, the whole Raven-Steelers thing is very unusual. This is, you and I have actually talked about this. I don't know if you remember. We've talked about it. I talked about it with Al Villanueva. Yeah. But we can come back to that. Sure. Who's played for everybody in the division? Kevin Seitler? Or has he only played for three of the four teams? Yeah, I don't think he's ever played for us, the Steelers. And then Larry, right. Larry Ogunjobi, this is his third team. Oh, yeah. He went Cleveland, Bengals, now Steelers. The Steelers. And I've done two, so... Hopefully the two is, two is enough. <laughs> two is enough for two's you. Two is enough for me, yeah. Wait, so how far away are you from home? About three hours. Does your family feel better about Pittsburgh than Baltimore, or does it not make a difference? Um, I think they're just happy that I'm closer. Like my grandma and aunts and uncles made a trip uh, a couple weeks ago for the Patriots game, and they were super excited about it. It was closer. They got to come in and leave the next day. It wasn't like a whole three-day weekend thing. So they were excited about that. Um, but it's nice for me to be able to go back in just you know, three hours. Wait, so you grew up a Steelers fan? Yeah, it's, it's, I've told the story a bunch of times, but I'll tell it again. Um, I was winter coat shopping with my grandfather when I was in kindergarten. Okay. And I caught my, what a Steelers jacket caught my eye. It was a starter jacket, kind of the quarter zip, big puffy, and I just, I so just wanted it. you chose black and yellow. Those I chose black and yellow, and I didn't understand what the logo meant until maybe three or four years later when I started playing football and kind of – understanding what it was and it was Steelers so that was right around the time where Big Ben was was a rookie and oh. it kind of just kind of just took me in this direction that's that I've been a, I've been a Pittsburgh fan since you know five years old so I promised you the whole idea of this show is for people to get to know the guy inside the jersey the guy under the face mask and you immediately make a segue into the city having a rookie quarterback <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're making it a little hard for me to turn away from the whole football piece of it. Yeah, uh, I think it's a, it's a super exciting time for us. Um, I don't know if you were at the, at the game on Sunday, but the crowd went absolutely nuts for, for Kenny when he came in the second half, and it gave us you know a, a big boost. You know, He scored those two rushing touchdowns, and um, you know, I think that confidence that he gained in just those two quarters, I hopefully you're going to carry him on for, for the next – 14, 13 games. So, no, aren't you supposed to, like, assume it's more? Shouldn't you automatically add four onto that or three onto that? Uh, I was a sport management major at Michigan. I'm not very good at math. And <laughs> 14 plus four, three, 17, 20 more weeks. We'll see. End you of know, February, beginning of February. My game partner 
So the first three games that I've done a sideline on, my booth has been Spiro Didis and Jay Feely, who make sure to drop Michigan into yes. every single conversation that he I has. Saw, I saw he mentioned me in a tweet when you tweeted out. As a or, Michigan or the, man. As a Michigan man. So um, I've met Jay once just on the sidelines. I just stopped by and said, hey, man, go blue. He was in the middle of talking. I think I interrupted him, but he's one of those guys that I'm sure is, he is a big mind. Michigan guy and is one of those Michigan guys that you look up to, even though he was a kicker. Uh, really? What about Tom Brady? Yeah. Who's, your, who's your all-time favorite Michigan guy? Probably Mike Hart, running back. Okay. Or or Lamar Woodley, who I've gotten to I know forgot. Lamar over the last couple yeah. years. We uh, we trained at the same facility back in Michigan in the offseason. And then I might I met Mike Hart uh, this past uh, season opener at Michigan, okay. which I was like kind of fanboying a little bit. I'm like, this is Mike Hart. You know, he's <laughs> this guy. We used to get 60 touches a game as as a running back at Michigan. Um, so it was cool to meet him and just, uh, you know, growing up growing up a Michigan fan and growing up a Steelers fan, kind of following my childhood dream every step of the way has yeah. been, been kind of cool. Was um, it always football for you? Like even when you were a little kid, were you, this is what I want to do? It's another funny story. Uh, go, summer going into eighth grade, I told my mom I didn't want to play football anymore. I'm like, Mom, I want to quit football. I want to focus on basketball. Like okay. I, was, I was a taller kid and I still am tall, but like I stopped growing after my freshman year. I couldn't of really, high school? Of high school. I couldn't, I couldn't dribble the ball. Like, I wasn't, didn't have any handles. I was like a 6'2". Like, my husband can't dribble either. I keep trying to teach him how to dribble. It's tough. <laughs> not, not, that's why I play football. But I was like, Mom, I want to quit football. And she's like, if you don't play football this next year, I'm going to ground you for the summer. Because we had, like, summer workouts and stuff like that. And I don't know if okay. it was, I don't know if it was, like, her actually wanting me to be grounded and, like, being that mean. But I think it was me just pushing me a little bit. Just give it one more year. Right. And, um... I guess the rest is history. I'm I'm here today, you know. Wait, so the only reason that you continued playing was your mom? I think, I mean, at least for that year. Like, I don't know if I would have picked it back up once I got to high school or whatever. But, um, yeah, for some reason in my head I had it made up that I was going to be done with football. So when you were a freshman in high school, was that the second Fab Five, the incarnation? Or was that even past the second Fab Five at Michigan? You know what I'm talking about? Do you even know what the Fab Five is? Yeah, Jalen Rose, Chris Weber. Yeah, yeah. and then there was a second one. Second, yeah, I was a freshman in at Michigan, I think. Oh, when the second Fab Five, like when they when they made it to the national championship, like maybe there was like another five group. I don't know because I grew up on when I was growing up, it was Jalen Rose and Chris Weber and Jalen Rose who played in Cam Hayward's charity softball game. He was my pitcher. I got to meet him, which was cool. Yeah, uh, we were the Washington Generals. You know, I had Booby Miles Sanders in my game this past week. On the way. Yeah, it was pouring rain, and he ran for 134 yards, two touchdowns. Okay. Put the team on his back, and uh, after the game, I said, "I don't want the quarterback. I want the running back. Give me the running back." And he comes up to me, (laughs) and he's like, "Oh, Cam did us dirty," and I said, "Yes, Cam did do us dirty." That's (laughs) hilarious. Yeah, we. I was happy to be on uh, Team Pittsburgh for that, that game. It was yeah, fun. Cam totally stacked the roster there, Chris. It was an unfair. But well, you guys the, had that uh, massive dude, the the ex uh, WWE wrestler, yeah, the wrestler guy, Adam Sher, yeah, bombing stuff. Yeah, but you know what happened? He had a fungo bat, like he had a mm, fake bat. Cheater. Well, you guys stole it. <laughs> After batting practice, <laughs> it didn't help me out. I hit two pop flies right to the second baseman each time. Like, <laughs> That was no help. You know what's funny about this story, actually, is that I hit, I was the last out of the game, and I hit a grounder. Both times I grounded out because I'm deceivingly athletic and sneaky slow. And so I grounded to Kenny Pickett, and Kenny tried to do me a solid. He, like, threw the ball behind his back, and I told this story last week. I keep telling the same story. Cam Hayward, that jerk, 
raced to get the ball and then elbowed me out of the w- out of the way to get to first base. First. I don't even know if Cam would let his like three year old and four year old daughter, five year old daughter, beat him in anything. Him, yeah, so. <laughs> so it's probably only. Yeah. Are you competitive at everything? Are you that guy? Not not with my daughter. Like we we'll do races in the in the basement and she she always wins. Really. Yeah. Don't you feel like you need to toughen her up? And I think there's there, there's going to come a point where I'm going to have to block her shots and and leave her in the dust when it comes to races. But for now, I'll, I'll let her get her confidence up. What about your wife? You play tennis. You I, I play have golf? to like I have to go to bed with her every night. I can't <laughs> <laughs> I can't just keep beating her and everything. You know. Do you play anything together? Um, like Uno. We'll do Uno. Oh, really? Like card games. Okay. Um, in, in, that, truthfully, that's, though, that is she better really, than you? Yeah, she probably gets me. Okay, because you know we can ask her, yeah. so I would not lie. And maybe, like, Connect Four. Okay. Those are, like, the two, like, board games we play together, or, like, card games. But then, like, she played basketball in high school, so, like, we'll we'll go and shoot. And does she I, have a better shot than you? Of course. Yeah, what of course. Of oh, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she was a shooter. I was just a big postman that got rebounds. Who can't dib- dribble. Yeah, I can't dribble. She can dribble. <laughs> I can't, so. <laughs> so she'll be teaching your daughter yeah, how hopefully. to play basketball. Hopefully, yeah. Um, okay, so tell me about... You have a camp or a foundation? Uh, I have a camp. I had my first camp uh, this past June at my high school in Toledo, Ohio. And why? Um, It's just something I always wanted to do. Um, I'm really big into giving back, and especially to a community that has done so much for me uh, and continues to do for me and and, and my family. So what did you do at the camp? Just whatever, a, a normal camp. You know, we're running around, tackling, catching things. Were the kids afraid of you? No, there's a kid. He comes up to me. He's like, he's like, who are you? And I'm like, well, my name is on your shirt, and this is my camp, and I play football. And he just kind of, it just made it. It just seemed like his mom just kind of dropped him off. I was like, go run around for a couple hours, uh, which was which was cool. You yeah, know, but I, are little kids afraid of you? It's weird. Kids aren't. I don't know. I don't know if I like. Chris, you are not normal size. I understand you know that. This? Trust me, I understand that. But like, kids, like gravitate towards me for some reason i don't know i don't know if i'm like you're so friendly i'm like friendly in the face or like if i should just walk around like angry all the time i don't know no that wouldn't suit you no it doesn't make sense but you know what there are so many guys like that in the league that you meet them off the field and they're totally different than they are on the field and that's even like i've experienced that like i like i've seen a guy i'm like oh this dude looks like he's not nice yeah and i go and have a conversation with him he's the nicest dude i ever met and like name name names well, Cam Hayward, when oh. I – I didn't know Cam until I got here, when okay. I got traded here, and I just have – I saw him at Ohio State. I saw him with the Steelers, and he's this big, yeah. you know, intimidating-looking guy. Who never stops. Who never stops. Right. And he's got a big beard and a massive head and big shoulders, <laughs> and he looks huge, and <laughs> he's always screaming, and he's intense, which is awesome for a football player. Right. But then off the field, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. What about a lineman? Who's an offensive lineman you haven't loved going against that's actually a cool dude? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of offensive <laughs> lineman friends or ones that I converse <laughs> with on a, on a daily basis. You mean you don't talk a lot of trash? Sometimes it's weird. Sometimes like guys will like, like we'll, we'll be going against and he'll get me one play, I'll get him the next play, and then like we'll, like, we'll be like, oh, good job. Like, you're, supposed to be, you're supposed to not like me. Like, you're supposed to be angry sure. at me for me having a good play against you and, the, and vice versa. So, like, I don't know. It's weird, but sometimes sometimes guys can be mean. Obviously, it's football. Like, that's what you're supposed to be. That's what your the mindset is. That's what people think on the field when they're watching. is like, oh, these guys are all mean. But then after the game, 
there's not a whole lot of animosity, which is which is cool. You know who the most jarring guy in the league to me right now, I think, is is Miles Garrett. Okay. Yeah. Like off the field, he's very much he's a loner. He reads poetry. He writes poetry. He's an artist. But on the field, I mean, the guy's a totally different guy. Like if you meet him off the field, you're kind of like you're a football player. I think that's what people sometimes misconstrue about football players is the big dumb jock. But yeah. A lot, there are a lot of guys that are so smart, so articulate, so uh, care about other things other than just football and hurting right, right, people right. and tackling and sacking oh, the quarterback. Alex Highsmith told us last week that if he didn't play football, he would have been an engineer. Yeah. Like when he was a little kid, he wanted to design roller coasters. He's a robot. <laughs> He's a ro- Alex Highsmith is a robot who's also extremely good at football. <laughs> Uh, That's pretty funny. So, yeah, actually. there are a lot of people that if you just have a conversation with them off the field, you'll, you'll learn a whole lot. Okay, if you didn't play football, what would you do? I had a lot of things that I wanted to be growing up. What would uh, you study? I was a sport management major. Oh, okay. But I wanted to be like a pharmacist. I wanted to be a PT. I wanted to go into the medical field at, at one point for a long time. And then I took like a, 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 a science class in college. And I'm like, this in football is just isn't working out. So it was really the time. It wasn't the academics I, I of the time. I think it was a time thing, and I think if I didn't play football, I probably would have went into something medical, science So will you, based. like, talk to Dr. Bradley or John Norwig? Like, are you more curious? When you were hurt, you were hurt a few years ago, right? Yep, the first yeah. year you got mm-hmm. here. Were you more curious, like, anatomically what happened? Yeah, like, especially when they're reading me the MRI, and I'm like, I understand the words, most of the words they're saying. And, you know, you, you ask a little more intuitive questions you get sure. you dig a little deeper than just oh you have a sprained acl you're like okay like what's the protocol or you know why is this this way what can i do to you know make it better swelling all this different stuff you start you start to pry a little bit more than just go and do treatment you know it's funny how sports writers think that they're doctors on such frequent occasions right oh this is when tj watt should come back and this is when this person should be able to do that I hate that. I always say that. I'm not a doctor. Let's leave that to somebody else. We're going to get into this because you are delving into the media field. A little bit, yeah. Okay, so before we go to break, I'm just going to warn you. You think about your least favorite questions. Okay. I already know what mine are. Don't make me crazy. Okay. Nobody go away. We will be back very, very shortly. Oh, my gosh. Colin Dunlap was listening to us the whole time. You do know that Colin Dunlap is the dean of radio in the city of Pittsburgh. If I had known that, I would have been sweating, Colin. <laughs> Are you going to take us out, take us to break, since I don't know what I'm doing? you have to go to a doing. break right now? We do have to go to a break. All right, break. what's this well, say? Do you have to do a read? I do have to do a read. Can Colin do it for us? All right, text us, Edgar Snyder and Associates fan. Text line 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Chris Wormley, we're discussing mellow. We're discussing mellow personalities versus fiery. Per- what are you? Are you the bad cop or the good cop in your house? With my daughter, the good cop. Oh. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a sucker when it comes to her. You think so? Yeah. Like because she's a girl, or because she's your first, or because probably both, but probably more so because she's a girl. So, I don't know if you want more children. If you want more children, you think you'd be different with the others? If it was a boy, probably. Okay, but I don't even know why. But you do realize that girls need to be tougher than boys, and in general are. Oh, I'm definitely tough with her, but like as far as like her, like, Daddy, can I have a snack? Like, of course you can. 
It's, you know, okay, two minutes before then, bedtime. But then does Alexa say, you're completely sabotaging everything that I'm teaching her? Yeah, of course. She's nodding. <laughs> Except you missed it. <laughs> oh, well, we'll come back to that. There's plenty of that. Hey, my family's in the back, so they're hearing yeah. the same exact thing. Okay, so you get to be the good cop with your daughter. What about in general? Do you have a temper? Yes. It takes oh. a lot, though. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Like what? Okay, so what aggravates you? Mm, I don't want to say. I don't know. Well, then I have to make sure I don't do it. Come on, Chris. No, I don't think it would ever be you. It would be like, I don't know, my coach or a certain, like, oh, my, like, like, like myself, like not performing Wait, how I Dunbar? want. Wait, who's your coach now? Is it Carl it's, Dunbar? It is Carl Dunbar, yes. I like Carl Dunbar so much. I like Carl Dunbar as well. Can he be aggravating? Of course. Oh, my. I feel like if he was if he was a bad coach, he wouldn't be aggravating. Like he, I feel like he has to kind of push certain people. He pushes me. He pushes everybody to be better. And sometimes that could be a little aggravating. Who's in the, who in the locker room has the hardest time turning it off? I mean, I remember. I feel like the last time I saw you, you were playing cards in the locker room yep. with Cam, and we were having a conversation about why big guys get small after they stop playing and little guys get fat. Do you remember this? Yes. And you remember why, right? Because we stop eating and they continuously eat. The small right. guys keep eating how they ate when they when were they playing. When they were playing, yeah. when they were, you know, running 8,000 gassers a day. Yeah. And that doesn't really work for everybody. No. Other than maybe Ocho Cinco. Yeah, McDonald's every day? Like, yes. if I eat McDonald's twice in a month, I'm getting 10 pounds. Are you the type of guy that has to eat to keep your weight up, though? Like a Joe Kinda, Thomas? Kind of, yeah. Not, not that extreme, but like... Yeah, I have to eat a lot. Isn't it jarring to see a guy like Alan Fanica or Joe Thomas who are like half the size of what they were when they were playing? Yeah, I saw Joe. Well, I played against Joe my freshman, not my freshman, my rookie year. And I think the next year he retired, but he was on the sidelines when we were in Cleveland. And I was looking, I was like, that guy looks so familiar. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's Joe Thomas. I'm like, the dude dropped 60 pounds in nine months. So he was my broadcast booth in the preseason for the Browns and he was going out there to work with the offensive lineman. I mean, you've got a future Hall of Famer yeah. and so obviously they want all his advice but you see this skinny looking guy and you're like, what's that wide receiver doing over there? What's yeah. that tight end doing? Well, like uh, with the Dave, Dave DeCastro, he's, he's oh, lost yeah. a bunch of weight. Okay, but Dave stopped eating. He, I, 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 didn't know, I, didn't, I don't know how he got <laughs> to that point but I saw Dave, I was like, Dave, you look good. Obviously he was a yeah. He was put together as an offensive lineman, but you can just tell when somebody loses. A pouncy. I think I showed you yeah, a picture of Pouncy. And those. Al. Al, Pouncy, Dave, they've all gotten really skinny, yeah. actually. Which is encouraging to see, you know, big guys that just recently retired. Like, that's how I want to be in, you know, Okay, but we're long. not talking about retirement, right? You're no, still but just really thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I don't sure. want to balloon to 400. I want to be to something. For sure. Okay, so let's go back. So, the last time I saw you, you were playing cards in the locker room. In that locker room. Who's the guy that can't turn it off? It used to be uh, Stefan Tuitt. Oh. My, my, when I was with him um, for my fourth year, he was a guy that, like, would still be on, 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 on. And I'm like, Tuitt, like, just... Really? Like, even when you played pool or you played, like, yeah, he's always garbage trying, can he's basketball? He's always trying to win. Oh. oh. TJ Watt. Oh. TJ Watt, to win 100%. Everything. So during camp, after, after camp, when we were at St. Vincent's, we're in the dorms. We had a bunch of board games in Cam's room, and we were playing Scrabble, Scattergories, Jenga, and TJ would get so angry, <laughs> and we all loved it so much. We loved when he would get angry because TJ's 
the best football player in the world. You know, defense player of the year. He's successful. He usually wins at a lot of things. So when he loses, it's like, we got him. So he's not great at Scrabble. So if I want to challenge TJ Watt in something, it should be Scrabble. 100%, yeah. Or yeah. Pickleball? Was that the story where the 65-year-old woman beat him? That's... I know pickleball is like an older person sport. Like, you can play it forever. But right. it's a little embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you need, you need athletic ability, right? Yeah. To be, and who was it? It was Minka and the um, older I think, I think, woman. I think Highsmith was there, too. Oh, so Minka and the mom or the grandma. But beat. I heard, I heard uh, Mason Rudolph is exceptional at pickleball. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I'm supposed to play tennis with Jay Feely this weekend. Do you play tennis? I played football, basketball, and track. Like I'm. What did you do in track? Shot put and disc. Oh, so like big guy things. I ran a little bit. Really? The four, the four by one <laughs> distance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris, but you don't look like a sprinter. I, I ran, apologize. I, I look like a distance. I ran a 400 once, and <laughs> I was on the ground for like 20 minutes. It was miserable. And I used to do like the four by one, the second leg, just straight ahead. Just get ahead of steam and hope I slow down. Okay, so what's the worst part of training as a professional athlete? Um, probably like just doing things that you know you don't like you don't want to do, but you have to do it. Like, like running. I don't like to run, but I know that I have to do it to stay conditioned to be able to chase down quarterbacks and running backs. And maybe a guy who gets a pick. We were talking about Cam Hayward earlier. I mean, how many times have we seen Cam Hayward run twenty yards downfield yeah. to go tackle a dude, yeah. right? That, that's also oh, a thing that's pursued and having the ability to change direction and go. It's, it's part of the game, especially as an off or a defensive lineman is being able to yeah. make those hustle plays. Okay, so we were talking about this. You have a podcast. Yes. And is this part of you are interested in the media? Is it, well, I just wanted a platform to talk? Tell us about the podcast. Yeah, a little bit of both. It's, um, it's called the Chris Wormley and Friends Show with okay. uh, through the SICK podcast, uh, Steelers Crazy with – uh, Jordan York and Michael DeCastro, two, two born and raised Yinzers. And uh, we started it last year. And it's uh, something that, I mean, it's, I like talking football. I like talking sports and things like that. And it's, it's something that I've thought about recently about as post-career type stuff. Um, but it's fun. It's just fun just talking about the games, not these last couple weeks. But um, it's fun just to hop on for a half hour at a time and just talk ball, talk spade my daughter gets brought up very frequently um, so okay well you will get to your daughter yeah because i will tell you the best production meeting i had this season was with joe flacco talking about how his kids brush their teeth interesting yes well i'll bring that back but when you talk football do you like talking globally like are you the type of guy that watches games and knows everything that's happening in the league uh it's hard it's hard now like when i'm in season like i'll watch like the sunday night game when i get home okay but for me to, like, sit through a bunch of games, like the 4, four o'clock game, the Monday night, Thursday night, it's like, I'll watch it, but I'm not, like, invested because I have my own obligations to do, right? Sure. Um, but it's so much easier to talk about other people on other teams because I don't have to, like, they, they were asking me some hard questions last night about just the season and some comments that were made. And it's hard to talk about that because I don't want to put people in a bad light or put myself in a weird position. Right. Um, so after football, if this is what I want to do, it's – like be like a Stephen A. Smith and just say the most ridiculous things, it's easier because yeah. you're not attached to those guys and you're not working towards a goal with those guys. Maybe, but I think that that's one of the hardest things for former athletes because some feel you can't really say something negative about someone that you ever played with 
but I think that people always respect the truth. Like if you're fair, you're fair. Yeah. I Whether think, you like it or not, you know? Yeah. Being fair by also like you've done it, especially if you're talking football and you played football, like you know what goes into sure. the game, the preparation, the off season, the training. And if you see something that is, I guess, contrary to working hard or what it takes to be successful, you can kind of call that out if you've been in that position. Well, the thing for me that's so crazy. So in this new role that I have, I am privy to way more information than when I was an outside reporter. And it is jarring to me, Chris, how much misinformation is out there. And I, I mean, I stand, I've said this 18,000 times, people are probably sick of hearing me say it, but I stand on the sideline. So I'm literally behind the bench in the middle of the game. And I hear what the quarterback is saying to his O-line or what the coach is saying to his safety. Mm-hmm. And it's not at all what gets out there. Like your game this past weekend. I have a buddy who happens to be a member of the Jets coaching staff. His read on the Pittsburgh Steelers is diametrically different than what is being written about in this city. And I'm obligated to kind of keep quiet or secret what he said. But in this city, there are people that are ready to fire X number of people and this is wrong and this is wrong and this is the problem with the team and a guy who literally gets paid to watch film and try to beat you says no actually X, Y, and Z. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Like when you're there don't you ever feel like hey I want to correct the record here? Or do you know that there's like no point? Especially in a town like Pittsburgh where the fans are so passionate which is I think is probably the the best part of playing in this city is the fans love you. Right sometimes maybe a little too much where they have their opinions. Sure. And it's not a bad thing. But I think when a guy like the Jets coach that you know, who his job is to critique and analyze, thinks something differently and, and I have my own opinions. Right. You know, I think I think we're really close to, to winning a bunch of games. Um Yeah, but what am I gonna say, hey that's not true, this is what it is. They're not they're gonna have their own opinions. They're gonna keep that until we prove that we can win games. Yeah. But it is, I mean, it is jarring because you, you know, it's the one sport, it's the one profession when you think about getting into sports media, even though you will be a former player and that gives you a level of credibility. If you think about it, you go to a restaurant, if you're a rocket scientist, nobody's arguing with you about what you know or not. They're not arguing with you about like the molecules on the moon or like right what term? gravity no probably not <laughs> thank you for calling me out clearly i don't know i wasn't a science major we gotta ask john yeah. jobs that's who we gotta call up who's my favorite yes. yeah he just did something for nasa uh, yeah i saw that ridiculous he's a bad, he's supposed to teach me how to play chess by the way do you play chess some team my teammates do some of my teammates oh, watch them. uh rob spillane okay uh, really yeah don't listen that's what i'm talking about you see this <laughs> Kind of scary-looking linebacker. Like meathead-looking linebacker that, who hits that, everything. That what hits everything. He right. plays chess. Good Christian Koontz plays chess. Um, there's a couple guys that'll be in there. Like we're playing. I'm playing cards. They're, you know, playing chess. Sitting there trying to. Joe Burrow tried to get into it because Cheeto uh, Woozy okay. plays. Yeah. So Burrow was playing, and he was playing on an app, and he was like cursing people out on an app, and got in trouble for doing that. Was it a person or was it a robot like a computer? I don't know. But even... You're not supposed to do that. No, yeah. I think you can play random strangers okay. on like the chess app. Interesting. I don't. You know, my six-year-old plays, but I don't really have the attention span to figure it out. Anyway. But 
you're never questioning a rocket scientist. Right. If you are ostensibly an expert on sports, I won't even talk um, football. Way back when I was in New York and I covered baseball, people, I would go to a bar and everybody would tell me, oh, Alex Rodriguez is the greatest guy that ever lived. And I was sitting in the clubhouse with him every single day, but no one wanted to hear what I had to say. You right. could be a guy that's never met him, but you're just like, this is who it is. And you're wrong. I think that's the beauty of sports, though, is like, maybe it's the beauty of sports to me is that people can have an opinion and they can stand by it and be so okay, so but on it and so about it that like they'll they'll die on that on that opinion on that take, and it, it doesn't have a lot of like weight in the world of like. Sure, but you know what? It's like there are so many more factors, and anybody could be could think themselves an expert on a scheme or what you should be running, but you never actually know what happens on the field. Like, why did, did this receiver actually run the right, right route or no? Or did somebody trip somewhere? Did some, you know, like there's all these other factors. I just don't know how to get to that. I think that the more former players you have that speak the truth of, to that is helpful. I find it interesting that you want to do this. It's... It's, like I said, it's, for me, it's it's fun to talk about sports. It's fun to talk about ball yeah. and, like, how I think the game is played and how I play the game. Uh, okay, who do you like watching then? We talked about this earlier, and you said you don't get to watch everyone. Who's a guy that, if you know he's playing, you're just like, okay, I hope I can catch him? Um, Who's a guy that would force you to turn the TV on, offense or defense? Not on your team, so no obligation. I mean, maybe, like, a Tom Brady, just because he's – Still doing it at the highest level. Obviously, uh, you pick a Michigan guy. That was an easy, that was a layup. <laughs> uh, defensively, though, I mean, like an Aaron Donald, who's just who's the best at, at his position. Him and Cam are, you know, one and two. Um, Have you worked out with Aaron at all? I he comes no. back. He's, I mean, he, he I think he lives here in the off season. He's yeah, at the he facility does. and stuff. But his daughter, his oldest daughter, goes to school okay, here. Yeah. So um, I haven't worked out with him, but I mean, he's. So you haven't seen him around the facility at all. He's like, he comes back to pit all the yeah, time. He's like in the indoor facility sometimes, but like we're okay. split up. You know how it is. We're split yeah, up, yeah, yeah. and they'll be on like the practice fields, but I'll just let him do his thing. Um, if there's one guy in the league right now that could be a teammate, who would you love to play with? I think he's he just retired, but Rob Gronkowski I think would be really fun to play with. Just his like spirit and – his attitude, like I feel like, is really contagious. He's also from right around here, isn't he? I think or his so. family yeah. is from around mm-hmm. here. Um, this is one of those things where I don't know if I just blew a break. Did I blow a break? Colin's still here. You're the radio person, Aditi, <laughs> not me. <laughs> you may have. I think I just blew a break. Chris, I blew a break, so you take a break, and you okay. have that Aaron Cheney ball. I see it, yeah. I'm I will tell you it. that Alex Highsmith really loved that. I don't know about that pizza. It doesn't have anything on it. Cheese and sauce is good enough for me. That works. All right. Well, we'll take a very quick break here on 93.7 The Fan. When we come back, we will be with Chris Wormley. And look, before we say goodbye, if you are looking to get married or renew your vows, what better place to do it than with The Fan Morning Show? Enter now for your chance to win The Fan Wedding, presented by Noah Gabriel and Company Jewelers. That will take place on November 4th at the gorgeous Lamont. And you can have your ceremony officiated by none other 
then All-American Jordan Dickerson and Adam Crowley, two certified wedding officiants. Are you a certified wedding officiant? Colin's not, yeah. He's like, no way. He's too busy. He's got two kids. Details on how to enter at 937thefan.com. And we are back at Minio's Pizza with Chris Wormley, who has the distinct pleasure of having played for, I think, two of the best coaches in the NFL. Do you agree? Yeah. We had the conversation at Cam's, uh, at Cam's softball uh, tournament game, whatever you want to call it, and uh, two very different styles of coaching, two very different personalities. Um, but I think when you, when you look at both of them, they're two of the top nicest guys, um, but also people that just love the game of football and love to, to coach. That's John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin. Yeah. They don't like each other, though. I mean, I don't, but John Harbaugh once told me that, like, no coaches like each other, really. Like, he didn't even like his own brother occasionally. I could see that. But Jim is, did you play for Jim? For two years. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, so after he'd been, can you imagine facing your brother in a Super Bowl? No, but it, it probably would be like a, a childhood memory of the, them trying to beat each other in the backyard, you know? Like they're, at everything. At everything. So. Yeah. Which is exactly how they are. And like that's like the, the pinnacle of backyard beating your brother in something is winning the Super Bowl. Do you have any siblings? I have a younger brother and sister. And uh, were you competitive with them? No, they're, they, weren't, they weren't into sports really. Not at all? Like my brother never played football. Is he, he play, big? No, he's like 5'10". What? <laughs> my, my dad's like 5'10", my mom's like 5'7". And you're 6'6"? Six, 6'5". Six? Six, I'll get myself 6'5". But yeah, I don't know, I just... Either like I'm just like made in the lab somewhere, or I took all the all the height uh, DNA from my parents. And what about your sister? Does she have height? She's like five, six, maybe. Wait a minute. So like your family picture is a bunch of little people and you? I mean, they're like average. Like five ten's average, right? I mean, yes, but you are six five. Yeah, I'm just abnormal. Like my, I have an uncle, my dad's brother. He's like six three. My grandparents on my dad's side were both over six foot. So like that's where it comes from. Like, my dad didn't get any of that. My brother didn't get any of it. So. so what are your brother and sister into? Are they better at Scrabble than you are? Probably. Oh, you don't play with them? I haven't played with them in a long time, but yeah. So what do you do when you get together? Just hang out. Like, you just talk? You have enough to talk about? Yeah. It's, well, I don't see them that, like, as much as I would like, so it's, there's a lot to talk about. Are they in Ohio? Yeah. What about your wife's family? Where is she from? They're from she's from the same city, Toledo. We went to high school together. You're high school sweethearts? Yeah, yeah. But she was the star athlete in high school. No, I was. <laughs> she could just dribble better than me. Well, which counts for something, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'll... so did Alexis play sports in college? No, she didn't. She, she's like, she went, to, she went to University of Toledo, and then she went to fashion school oh. uh, afterwards. Who went to Toledo? Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson went to Toledo, yeah. Um, I think she's older. She's older than him, but... Is Bruce Gronkowski from Toledo? He went to Toledo, yeah. Oh, yep. he went to Toledo too. Yep. But he lives in Toledo now. I think his wife's family's from the area, so they. I see him every once in a while in Toledo too, which is cool. But he's coaching now with an XFL team. Yeah, but he was a head coach at a high school in, in Toledo, Toledo for like a year. But it wasn't your high school. No, it was a a, a Catholic school in Toledo. Could you coach? I could. I you do? Think... You think you have the patience to do it? Yeah, especially trying to teach my daughter things. Like I'm trying to like think, okay, can I coach? grown men to do things or you know college kids to do these things and I think I could I just don't think that I would want to okay so we'll go back to the media thing then because that right now seems more appealing what's your least favorite question to get 
I think it's just questions that like are asking about like my teammates in a way that's like not positive. So if I ask you which one of your teammates is Mike Tomlin's favorite? Favorite's probably Cam. Oh, you think? Yeah. Alex said he thought it was Okafor. He said that he thought it was Chooks. I'd give Chooks like top five. You see, and that blew my mind. Like, I never would have guessed that. They have like a, a tough, tough, fun love relationship, I would say. Like me being an outsider looking at their relationship. Who was Coach Harbaugh's favorite when you were there? Uh, Eric Weddle. Oh. That, which is an easy choice. I mean, he's got to be everybody's favorite. Yeah, that was an easy choice. Were you on that Ravens team for the Christmas Day game when Eric Weddle was in perfect position on Antonio Brown and no. Antonio still scored? That was that was my the year before I was there. Oh, I was, I was so watching the game as a Steeler fan. I was watching the game like I was on the sideline for that game. And when people ask me like the one moment as a reporter that you will like always forever remember, yeah. it's that play. Well, I was a Steelers fan in December. And then, then you were drafted. Four months later, I get drafted, and then, like, that's they're talking about that. We're watching that play over and over again in film. The two times we played in my rookie year, I'm like, I was kind of happy that, <laughs> that Antonio Brown scored that touchdown, you know, seven, ten months before. But now I'm like, Arr. So you don't like being put on the spot about your teammates' work habits or if they're doing well or if they fit right? Is that what you mean? Yeah, just – no, I'll, I'll talk my teammates up all the time. I'll say how they're the greatest, they're the greatest ever. But when they ask me a question that is in a negative tone or yeah. they put me in a weird position where I have to, like, say something, it's – I can't just say no comment because then it kind of makes it seem like I'm agreeing with what their, their question is. So, I don't know. That's always a hard one because I don't know what's beneficial about publicly calling out a teammate. Right. Like, I think if you – having a conversation privately is one thing because you should be accountable to each other. Right. But I hate when people ask about winnable games. Like, oh, this is a winnable game. As a professional athlete, shouldn't you feel that every single game is winnable? Yeah, you're trying to win every single game, no matter who you're playing, no matter where it's at. Right. Like, I don't care that this is Buffalo. I don't care that this is Josh Allen. I don't care that this is the number one pass defense playing a rookie quarterback. You better believe that you can go up there and win. Yeah, absolutely. And we have. We did last yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, I was there for that opener. last year. You know, we, we blocked the punt with Miles Kilbrew, scored a touchdown. TJ has a, you know. Monster game, so did Two Cam. sacks, ca- sack yeah. fumble, recovered. And, and the offense scored when they had to. It made the plays when they had to. That's what a team does when you win a game. Right. You come together, you make the plays, everyone is, uh, you know, held accountable. And whether you win by one point or 100 points, a win is a win. Do you, this is sort of in that same tone. Another thing that bothers me is when people ask if there's, added motivation like it's your job to play it's your job to win but when the stage is a little bit bigger whether it's a Thursday night and nobody else is watching anything or whether it's against arguably the best team in the AFC does that get you not that you're going to play any differently than you would any other game but does that get you more excited like does that get you up a little bit yeah it's exciting knowing that like a Thursday night game if you have a sack like your, your boys that live in California that I don't get to see, see you, they, they, get, they get to see you and they're staying up and they're watching it and they, you know, they get, shoot you a text after the game. That's exciting. That's cool. But every game you're trying to win, every game is a big game because we're playing that game. We're in that game. So this week is a big game, not only because we're playing, you know, the, arguably the best team in the AFC, but it's because the Pittsburgh Steelers are in it and we get to go to Buffalo, which is a crazy environment, which is 
I love super those fun fans. when yeah. you're driving through a neighborhood to get to to the stadium <laughs> and you're seeing people jumping off the off the 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 the, uh, the campers onto a table and crashing you're like this is american football so last year week one remember we were like kind of coming out of covid yeah so the stadium couldn't be filled for two years last year the tailgaters were out i used to get to the stadium at 7 a.m the tailgaters were out the night before i was stuck in like the quarter mile outside the stadium for a good 45 minutes josh allen got stuck in traffic Oh, like, no. I had a TV report at 10 a.m., and I literally was like, Bills fans, get out of the way. Josh Allen can't get <laughs> into the stadium. But they're probably thinking, that's okay. He's going to make the game no matter what. I need to get to my, I need to get to my parking spot. <laughs> to I need to get to my seat. Spot, I'll see him at the game. He's going to be there. I know, the game's not going to start without him. But you have to respect fan bases like that. Like, don't you love fan bases and the, and the people that are so loyal? Absolutely. After everything that they've been through. That was like the year that the Bills made the playoffs for the first time. Because of us. Many years because ago. of the Ravens. Oh. The, it was a New Year's Eve game. Yes, Tyler Boyd. Tyler that was Boyd, your team. Andy Dalton, 4th yes. and 12. Yes. We're, we win that game. We're in the playoffs. But instead, Tyler Boyd, Pittsburgh boy. Right. That, so then the Dolphins, I mean, sorry, my, uh, the Bills were flying home from Miami. Yeah. And do you remember the visual of all of those people at the airport in the yes, snow, yes. in the sub-zero to greet that team? But you love that. Like that's, yes. You want to play for a team like that. You want to play for a fan base that loves their team like yeah. the Steelers do. Yeah. I would say that all of the AFC North really actually has that. You know, like last year I was with the Bengals before they went to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they had a pep rally the night before they got on the plane. And they capped their stadium at 20-something thousand people, and that's how many people were there yeah. to send them off. And meanwhile, the Rams like did something at a high school where like 500 people showed up. I think there's something about a smaller city. Like when you go to L.A., there's so do, too much to do. You can do whatever. You can go to the yes. beach. You can go to the mountains. You can go to a nice dinner. You can go to a show. You can go to whatever right. you want. But when you're in Buffalo, New York, it's the Bills. Well, and I had a Jaguars player say that to me last week because the Jaguars hadn't won a game on the road in forever. They went out to the Chargers, and they won. Yeah. But they were like, that's a wine and cheese crowd. That's not the same as going to Philly. Right. What's your least favorite place to play? Probably. Or is that putting you on the hot seat? Would you no. Rather? Okay. Probably Cleveland. Really? Yeah. Okay. And not because I've, I've won in Cleveland, obviously lost in Cleveland, but I don't know. Something about I, I'm from Ohio, and I love to win in Ohio. Just So did Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. It's, it's always fun to win in Ohio. Um, so when you don't, it's – and those fans are, are brutal. They're ruthless. In what a good if, way. In a good way. What was your record against Ohio State? Oh, so a point? Sorry, <laughs> bad question. That's, that's why now I, I love to win in Ohio because I never, I didn't beat Ohio State in Ann Arbor and I never beat them in Columbus, so. Okay, what's your favorite place to play besides Akershire Stadium? Uh, Lambeau was really cool just because of the history. Sure. It was super cool. Did you go when it was cold, though? I did my rookie year uh, in Baltimore. I went when it was frigid. It was like November, but it was like still like, Five degrees. Um, Lambo's really cool. I like playing in Baltimore. Like going there when I went there last year, I had a, it was. I, I enjoyed it. I like those fans too. They, they're a really good fan base. So yeah, those. So I'd say them, Lambo, Baltimore, 
Philly's cool because their fans are just, it's Philadelphia. Right. That's always fun. Well, they're tough. Yes. Philly fans are very, very tough. And the Philly media is very, very tough. Yes. This is a good, I don't think that Steelers media is very, very tough on players. You may think so, but I just think that this is a city that really roots for success. Yeah, they like I said, this the city in general loves the Steelers. They love the Penguins, they love the Pirates, but they love the Steelers. I don't know if they love the Pirates right now. I think they're frustrated at how the Pirates are doing. You could still, you could still love. I love. I'm frustrated with my daughter sometimes, <laughs> but I still love her. <laughs> what does she do that frustrates you? Uh, says no to me. About what? Everything. Like, like clean up your room. She's only two and a half. Come here. No. Put your shoes on. No. Do you have to go to the bathroom? No, but she has to go to the bathroom. Can I tell you a secret? Is this a parenting secret? No. When okay. she gets older, you're going to love that she says no. Not to you, but to boys. I know, I know, I know. So we've had that conversation before. Like, okay, like this is her showing her independence and her, yes. her decision-making. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. But she also needs to eat her, her mac and cheese. It's mac and cheese. Eat it. It's good. What kid doesn't like mac and cheese? She does, but sometimes she's... I think she's really stubborn like me, and I see a lot of myself in her. Isn't that the craziest thing when you see yourself, like your best and worst traits in your child? 100%, yeah. Yeah. I, see, I mean, I, my kids are both me personality-wise, and I know one day it'll serve them well, but right now it's annoying as all crap. That's how your parents felt, too, probably. I know. I've apologized to my parents on multiple occasions. Yeah. I actually just had this incident the other day. My son was picking at my daughter over nothing, and I know that I did that to my brother. That's what big brothers do, though, or big siblings do. In general. In general. Yeah, I mean, it's what toughens them up, right? No doubt.